Amen. Hey, before we get rolling too far, I just want to remind you, next week is Father's Day, and uh, we want to celebrate our fathers and honor them next week, make sure to get them here. But not only that, but we want to, we, we want to equip men to be the, the hero that God's called them to be, and we're going to be working in conjunction with the children's department. we got a special weekend uh, planned next weekend. Make sure to get everybody here, uh, every, every guy that you know. It doesn't even have to be a dad, because uh, some, some of these young guys, they're not dads yet, but they need to get equipped before they become one. Somebody say, that's right. Amen. So let's do that. And uh, got a couple of spots left in the intern program. You want to get signed up. If you've been praying about it, maybe you should start obeying about it. Uh, you'll find out that that program, it, it really isn't for everybody. It's just for people who want to grow and people who want to position themselves to do amazing things for God. And if you hook up with one of the interns, whether they're current or, or a graduate, you'll find out that their life was radically changed and, and, and it make it, but, but there, there's a price to pay, and, and it, it will, uh, it'll challenge you, but it'll grow you, and you might come in, you know, uh, at this level, but I promise when you leave, you're going to go out at a different level. So I just want to just remind you that that time's kind of evaporating, got a few spots still available, you jump in there and make that happen. Amen. Uh, how many are excited about what God's doing in your life? Huh? Are you excited about what God's doing in your life? You know, you know, man, if you're not, what you ought to do is let God do something. You know, yeah, yeah, let him do something. Because when God starts doing stuff, I'm telling you, you're going to get excited about what God's doing. And, and matter of fact, if you would let him, God would do so. You'd have to almost backslide to go to bed at night. I'm telling you that God's purpose and his plan and his intention to be involved in your life and in your situation is much greater than, than you're letting on. And, and sometimes I think as believers, we, you know, we kind of, uh, it's crazy because life can get busy and we start uh, letting the stuff that's going on around us kind of distract us from what God's doing within us. But if you could, if you could just, you know, try to, try to find a way to, to, to rivet your attention on him and to focus, that's kind of what worship's all about. The word worship means to rivet your eyes or attention on someone or something, even to sit at one's feet as a dog sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. That's Vine's expository dictionary explanation, definition of the word worship. It's not to sing songs slowly. You know, uh, no, that, that's, that's a tool that helps us, and, and, and we love that because we end up looking up there at the screen, oh, shoot, there's the words. That, those are the words I forgot to say this week. That's, that's exactly what I wanted to say, and there, there's the feeling I was hoping to feel. I, I, I got so busy, I forgot to even feel that feeling, and, and man, it just elevates us, and there's that level I meant to live there this week, but I kind of got off track a little bit, but, but you know, you can do that any place. You can rivet your mind and attention onto God. You know, you, you can worship any place. You've got to be careful because life, life will have you putting your attention onto other things. And, and, and when we get distracted, when we get distracted, that's exactly what happens is we enter into distraction. We lose our traction, and we can't get to the places that we could get when we had traction, right? Because when you got traction, you can almost get anywhere. But without traction, it's hard to get any place. And God is taking us places, and, and, and a lot of times, anytime we say that God's taking us places, we have a tendency just to immediately think of a different location, but really it's, it's, a, it's a different perspective, and, and, and it's not geographical. It's, as a matter of fact, probably, you know, most of the time it has nothing to do, you know, geographically, but, but it's, it, it's an elevated place. God is taking us to a place. 
I mean, I mean to a place. The word place is a, a, a position of effectual opportunity. That's literally what the word means, place. A position of effectual opportunity. God is taking you to a position of effectual opportunity, and he's taking you to a place, and sometimes you don't even have to move, you, you do, but you do have to elevate. You have to allow God to, 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 to enlighten you, you know, turn the light on, to bring revelation, understanding, discernment. Uh, and when that happens, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everything changes. Changes because when when you can see what you couldn't see before, you could reach what you couldn't touch before, which means that you could accomplish what you couldn't get done before. It's it's awesome because you, so, all of a sudden you realize that God is in this place, huh? You know, there's a dude in the book that that that, that laid down and took, went to sleep and woke up that, and he had a dream and he saw things he hadn't seen before and he made the declaration. He said, "I I've been here before, but I never knew God was in this place. God is in this place." Have you ever been someplace and you don't really like that place? You know, and and there's something about that place that just kind of makes your skin crawl, but yet people you like love that place. And they keep wanting to take you to that place, and then and 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 they can kind of sense, you know, a little bit of the of uh, 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 you know of the tension there. So they take you to that place, and then they pay the bill at that place, and it doesn't cost you anything at that place. But there's still, they, you know, it, maybe at one time you like the place, but now you just you don't like that place. And here we are, and we're, and we're in the same place, but with all different kinds of attitudes about the place. I mean, it used to be you loved the place. But then there was that, then something happened, you know, then something happened in that place, and now you associate that something with the place, and now it doesn't make any difference what happens now, you just remember what happened then, and it's forever marked that place. And that place sucks. Huh? You know, and, and then you know, all you're thinking is, God, get me out of this place. I've been, you know, I'm just, I, my mind is being flooded with places like that where, you know what, I don't like that place. I'm kind of opinionated. <laughs> I'll let you regain. Somebody needs to be resuscitated. They're like, what? Yeah, and, uh, and a lot of times, you know, what we're thinking, well, a lot of times what we're thinking really messes us up because we can't, we, we can't grasp what's there. And so you can't see it because we're distracted by what's going on in the place. And we let the place begin to shape us instead of remembering that we were empowered to shape the place. See, God's taken you places, and a lot of times they're not the places you were thinking about going, but he has empowered you to make a difference in the place, and he didn't want you to surrender and allow the place to make a difference in you. He wants you to make a difference in the place, and regardless of the place, that you would be empowered to change the place and not so weakened that you would allow the place to change you. He's going to take you places this week, and you've been empowered. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead has now quickened your mortal body, and, 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 and he is at work in you, through you, for you, amongst you, and by you, and he's going to take you to places so that you can infuse that place with life and with hope and with health and with healing and with, with provision. And, and, and he's, but, but you can't be distracted by the place. can't lose your traction there. 
And so that's, that's, that's what he was talking about when we started, you know, and, and we were looking at, at James, and, and it says, you know, hey, man, just remember uh, to consider it completely joyful. It's, it's the ultimate joy that's going to come out of this stuff, but consider it wholly joyful whenever you're uh, enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort, and when you fall into temptations and whatever happens, don't, 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 don't lose your joy. Don't let the place suck the joy out of your life because the joy of the Lord's your strength. That's your traction, man. Don't, don't you dare lose the joy because you know. See, he goes on. He says, because you know that the, uh, that the, and you understand that the trial and the proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. And if you're like me, you're thinking, I don't even want endurance, steadfastness, or patience. But he said, you know, here's the deal is that when you're in that trial, that test produces this and it causes you to reach a place where you are complete, where you are mature, where you are lacking nothing. Man, and, and, and a lot of times we end up in a place and we look at the place and we think, what an what a empty place. But you can never be in an empty place if you are positioned by God to win and succeed regardless of the place because you have everything that you need in any place, in every place, to do exactly what God has called you to do. And that's what the Word of God tells us is that I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way. It don't make any difference what the place is. And you got to understand this, and you got to know that, that, that in verse 4 says, if you'll let endurance and steadfastness and, and patience have full play and do a thorough work, that you'll be perfectly and fully developed with no defects. Haven't there been times, I mean, I know you've, have you ever said something and you know why you said it, but you're not sure why you said it? You know what I'm talking about? I've said things, and I know exactly why I said it. I just don't know why I said it, because it was a mistake to say it, but it was there, you know, and it's kind of like a defect. He said, I can get you to a spot where you can be fully developed with no defects. See, and I know what you're thinking. You're, you're wanting to look at the guy next to you and say, <laughs> that'll be God, but listen, <laughs> he can get us to a place where we're not, where we don't have any lack. We're, 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 we, we, well, how's that going to work? He said, well, in verse 5, well, if, if, if you don't understand it, if, you, if you're deficient, if you're deficient, not defective, but deficient. See, not defective, but deficient. If you're deficient, let him ask of the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproach and without fine, fault finding. And, 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 and it'll be given. It'll be given. And, 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 you know, there's this reason that all of this teaching and instruction is common because we, we end up in places and we allow the place to shape us instead of us going in and shaping the place. And, and, and he said, man, when you, when, you, when you get into that place, don't forget, don't, don't lose your joy because, the, you know, that place, that place, well, let me tell you the facts about that place. No, the facts will change. The facts change constantly. It's a fact of what the temperature is outside. It's a fact what the temperature is inside. It's a fact, but give it a minute. That fact will change, but the truth ain't ever going to change. And he said, don't, don't, don't forget the truth that you know, and, and, and that truth ought to be the thing that's generating that joy in you so that when you're in the heat of the battle, you're not, you're not being moved by any of that stuff. Just hang in there because it's going to grow you. It's going to mature you. You're not going to be lacking anything. And at the moment that you don't know what to do, just ask, and he's going to give you wisdom. But when you ask God and he gives you wisdom, that means you're going to hear God. 
right? So when you hear God, what happens when you hear God? Faith grows. Faith cometh by hearing, and, and, and you begin to hear God, and God speaking his word in you, and that word begins to, you know, enlighten you and show you things that you didn't know. That's what the men of old prayed. They said, God, open thou mine eyes and show me great and wonderful mysteries out of thy law. Show me things I didn't know. That's the mindset we got to go to God's word in, is show me what I don't know, instead of going to God's word to prove I'm right. Now, that was for somebody special, okay? And, and, and he said, no, I'm going to give you wisdom, and, and I think you ought to take time and like, like memorize this whole chapter, but, but uh, if you drop down to verse 22, let's go there, and because you've asked God for wisdom, and he's going to give you wisdom, and he's going to speak, but make sure that you are a doer of the word. Don't just be a listener only, but you have to obey the message. See, uh, when you're asking God for wisdom and he speaks, it's not so that he can be heard, it's so that you can obey. And, 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 and don't just listen to it, because if you do, you'll end up betraying yourself into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth, and you'll find a reason that's based on facts, that, but, but it'll cause you to miss the truth, and you'll end up walking in deception instead of in the light, and, and all of a sudden, that situation, again, will begin to shape you instead of you shaping it. And, and he goes on in verse 23, he says, if anyone just listens but doesn't obey, he's like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, and then he walks away, and you know what happens when he walks away? He almost instantly forgets what he looks like, right? Look at 24. He, 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 he then goes and promptly forgets, I think the King James uh, says, he forgets what manner of man he is. See, the place doesn't change the manner of man you are. But the manner of man you are will change the place you're at. You can't, you can't forget, see, because a lot of times we end up in different places. Hello. We end up in crazy places, in, in heavy places, in, in challenging places. And, and, and he's not just, you know, we're not just talking to the male, you know, because the, the word man it's, uh, you know, human, humus and man, dirt and spirit. See, man is spirit. See, you, gotta, you, you, you don't forget what spirit you are of. Uh, look, look at 25. The guy who looks carefully at the, into the law and is faithful to it and, and perseveres, there's that perseverance thing again. And he's not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. He ends up blessed in everything he does. He ends up blessed in everything he does. He ends up positioned to win or succeed regardless of the place he winds up in. See, that's what the word blessed means, is to be positioned to win or succeed. And a lot of us look at a place and we think that, uh, that because of that place that we are now lacking, we are now broken, we are now... Uh, defective. No, here's the deal, is that if you can get in that word, get the word in you, continue in that word, and just continue to, you're going to be positioned to win or succeed regardless of the place. Regardless of the place. Let's, let's look at how this works in real life. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. And, and, and uh, uh, I, you know, I kind of wish, I, I mentioned last night that I kind of wish that I didn't have to start at verse 1, but I feel like I have to because a lot of people don't know the backstory, and without the backstory, 
you, you're not going to really be able to understand the, the, you know, the, the context of where he's at and what's going on. And, and uh, most of us, you know, today we're going to read a little bit of Bible, okay? Some, for some of you guys, it's more Bible than you've read in your entire life already. And now we're going to add more to it. And so uh, just, just hang in here, but, but stay with me because I really believe that this will help you. Really believe this will help you. At, at that time, Herod the governor heard the reports about Jesus. And he said to his attendants, this is John the Baptist. He's been raised from the dead. And that is why he has all these powers and they're performing all these miracles. And, and for Herod had arrested John the Baptist and had bound him and put him in prison to stow him out of the way on account of and for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. By the way, his brother Philip's wife was now his wife because he had taken her from his brother and stolen her. And they were living in adultery. And John the Baptist came to him and said, dude, this isn't lawful. And that really kind of upset the apple cart. And people you know, around Herod didn't like it, especially Herodias. And, and uh, uh, John had said to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. And although he wished to have him put to death, he was afraid of the people, for they regarded John as a prophet. And uh, by the way, when you have more fear of the people than you have fear of God, you're going to make some really stupid decisions. I, I, I told some of the crew this morning, I have no idea what's going to happen today because last night I just kind of came in and blew up all open here, you know. And, and, uh, and, 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 but yeah, there's a different flavor on each, each service. And I didn't even get to mention this last night. I, I don't know what happened. I didn't even get to mention this. But some of you guys need to understand something about John the Baptist. So John the Baptist was like the very first preacher of the gospel ever. And he was the one who was crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And he was also the very first guy to ever be martyred for the gospel. And, you know, in the Bible it refers to John the Baptist. Here's the thing about it. John the Baptist has, has, quite a, has, has quite a mark on history for a guy that had a ministry that lasted for one and a half years. Uh, matter of fact, his, his ministry time was actually uh, uh, overshadowed by the time he spent in prison. He spent over more time in prison than he spent in ministry. And when he was released from prison, it, it was without his head. It wasn't a great release. And, 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 a lot, you know, and I'm wondering if there's anybody here today who'd like to stand up and carry that mantle. Uh, you know, he, 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 went, he went, he didn't say it's not nice what you've done. He said it's against the law. And, I don't, and he's talking about God's law. And it doesn't make any difference what position you live in. God's law still applies to you. And just because someone has pointed out the truth doesn't mean that you just stow them away. You take the voice of truth and stow it away someplace and, and, and prepare to kill it because that's what a lot of us would do is that we'd rather kill the voice that's speaking truth into our life because we got reasons that are contrary to the truth and, and we end up deceiving ourselves saying that the way that I'm living is okay. It's, it's going to be all right. It's not that big a deal. And, and, and you'll end up making the worst decisions of your life. What's going on in this place? And where, where was it? For six? I'm at six. Uh, here comes Herod's birthday. And the daughter of Herodias danced. And, 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 and it pleased and fascinated Herod. And so he promised with an oath to give her anything that she might ask. And she, being put forward and prompted by her mother, said, uh, give me the head of John the Baptist right here on a platter. And the king was distressed and sorry, but because of his oath and his guests, he ordered it to be given to her. And so he sent and had John beheaded in the prison. And his head was brought in on a platter and given to the little maid. 
<laughs> the, the little maid. I'm sure that's just King James. Okay, the little maid. And she brought it to her mother, and John's disciples came, and, and, and they picked up the body and buried it, and then they went and told Jesus. Okay, here's the backstory. You got to get this story, man. It, 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 here's, here's what's funny is Her, here's how out of touch Herod was. Herod, Herod had been so perplexed by John the Baptist that he hadn't even, even recognized that Jesus was out there. And then Jesus, he starts hearing about the fame of Jesus, and he's thinking, dear Lord, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. And it's just his, you know, he could, he could bury the voice of truth, but he, he couldn't deal with the conviction in his heart. He was convicted. He just wasn't converted. See, and, 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 and man, some, there's people in the room that you've experienced conviction. You've just never experienced conversion. You keep putting stuff out of the way so that you don't have to change the way you live. And you can kill it and you can bury it if you want to, but I'm going to tell you something. You're never going to have peace. And Jesus heard about it. Look at verse 13. Jesus heard it, and while uh, he heard this news, he decided to depart from there and go to a solitary place. Everybody say a solitary place. No, oh, say, it, say it really loud. There, thank you. We're making tapes here, okay? We may get a solitary place. And when the crowd heard it, they followed him, and, and they were on foot from the town. And, and when he got to where they were going, check it out. Just here we go. And, and he went ashore, and he saw the crowd. And so he, he would, I mean, get, get this. Jesus is looking for a solitary place. So he gets on a boat, and he heads there. But the crowd hears about it. And by the time he gets to the solitary place, it's not a solitary place. It's a crowded place. And not only is it a crowded place, but it's a place that's got a lot of problems and it's a place with a lot of issues. And, and, and he has compassion on them, and he starts curing their sick. And in verse 15, when the evening came, the disciples come and said, and they said, this is a remote and barren place. <coughs> Isn't it funny that the disciples, the, you know, they're the called ones. But Jesus was headed for a solitary place, ends up in a crowded place. It's a needy place, so he meets the needs of that place. The disciples, the cult ones, show up, and they say, this is a, this is a barren place. This is a remote and barren place, and, and, and we need to send the people away because it's also a hungry place. They're hungry, and Jesus responds, verse 16, and, and, and he said, they don't need to go anywhere. Give them something to eat. And the guy said, uh, well, hey, we ain't got nothing. We just, and so Jesus takes it out of their hand, and, and he says, uh, bring it to me. And in the next verse, he ordered the crowd to recline on the grass. And I just want to mention this, that there's a difference between the crowd, the, the called, and the committed. Okay, there's always, you know, there's always, uh, you know, three groups. There's the crowd. And by the way, if you're part of the crowd today, you know, you're just part of the crowd, we, we want to tell you something. We are thrilled that you are here. I'm telling you that everything that we've done is to prepare for you to be here, and we are here to honor you and to serve you and to elevate you. We got ice cream for you today. We got coffee. We want you to know we love you. We are for you. We will do anything. I'll take a bullet for you. I'll die for you. Do anything I can to help you connect with Jesus, okay? That, we're we are so glad the crowd is here. And then there's the called, and, 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 and they're, they're the people that recognize that, hey, you know what, I, I don't just, I'm not just the, you know, a consumer, but I need to, I need to, I, I need to shift, and, and I need to get in here, and I need to help, and I need to be, I want my fingerprint on this stuff. And, and, and then there's the committed, and they even go beyond that. And, but sometimes, you know, when we're talking to the crowd, and if you're part of the crowd today, again, we're glad you're here, but uh, sometimes I'll say stuff to the crowd that I wasn't necessarily talking to the called. 
You know, I would say to the crowd, you know, it's summer and it's weddings and it's, it's graduations and it's vacations and, and, and you don't need to feel guilty when you're not here. Matter of fact, take a selfie and send it into us and show us where you're worshiping God and, and let's just do that. But that's not a message to like the, to the called or the committed to just take license and take the summer off. <laughs> just want to share that today. Because we're not only we're having church, we're having a leadership meeting too, okay? So, uh, okay. And, and he told the crowd to recline on the grass. The crowd. Not everybody gets to recline on the grass. And, and, and he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and blessed it and broke the loaves and handed it to the disciples. And he said, okay, go feed those people. And, and, and when they were done feeding the people, they picked up 12 baskets. We all know this story. And it was crazy. I mean, look at, verse, look at this next one. And, and there was 5,000 men. They weren't even counting the women and the children. And they, and they, and they had leftovers. So the, Jesus, who was headed to a solitary place, ran into a crowded place. It was a needy place, so he met the needs of that place. And his disciples showed up and said, this is a, really a barren place, and, 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 and it's a hungry place, so it became a feeding place, and now, and now it's a more than enough place. And then he told the disciples, get in the boat and, and, and go to the other side, and, 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 he, and he, I'll take care of the crowd. And so he goes and sends away the crowd, and then he finally, he dismissed the multitudes, and he goes up to the hills, and he finally gets to the place he intended to be at when he started. Matter of fact, if we keep reading, uh, uh, well, we, we will in just a minute, but just let, let, let me make this point, okay? We doing okay? You all right? I'm not too, like, scatterbrained today. Because a lot of times, see, we, we head off to find a particular place, but it's not the place that we thought it was going to be when we headed out for that place. And when we get to the place, it's not what we thought it was going to be. It's quite a different place. And so we begin to let that place, to, you know, change what we intended to do all along because now the place has changed. And so I, was, I needed some alone time, and I got there, and there were people there, and those people were there. And not only were the people there, but they were needy people. And then they all looked at me like I'm supposed to meet their needs. And my God, all I need is some time for myself. <laughs> and if you're not careful... The place will determine what manner of man you are instead of the manner of man you are changing the place you're at. I mean, Jesus has just heard about a great friend, a forerunner, the guy who went ahead of him the, uh, preparing the way for Christ, and he just heard that, that this tragedy has happened, and he's probably wounded, and he's probably you know, filled with grief, and you know, this is not exactly the best time to come up and ask him, you know, hey, you know, could, you, could you give us a lesson? Because you know, that, that crowded place, it, man, it, it, it was going to end up being a teaching place too. And, it, it's just, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we have all of these reasons why we did what we did. God said, hey, if you can remember to not lose your joy in the middle of that trial, and if you can hang on to your perseverance and, and your steadfastness and remain patient and unchanged regardless of the time, it'll cause you to grow and you'll finally become mature and you'll not be lacking anything. You won't be, you, you, you know what, you, you just won't be broken. You'll be, you'll be loaded and you'll be able to uh, to, to, to change the place that you're at, and you'll, you're going to step into empty places, and you're going to bring life to those places. You're going to step into hopeless places, and you're going to bring hope to that place, and you're going to step into, into, into hungry places, and you're going to bring food to that place. You're, you're going to bring life to that place. You're going to bring joy to that place. You're going to bring peace to that place that looks like chaos, but it ain't going to be chaos when you get done because you got more peace than chaos. And if you can just get filled with this life, man, and, and stop allowing the place... And, and, and trust me, these disciples, these are the called ones that are right there with him, and they're watching everything going on in the place they called barren. I just think it's crazy because I tell you what, the people who were cured, the people who were fed, the people who were taught, the barren was not the word they used to describe the very same place that the disciples were standing. 
you know, church life, people show up, this is the most amazing place on earth. And then they serve for a while. And they start ending up in places. It's the same place everybody else is at, but they start ending up in places that it's not exactly what they intended the place to be, but it's what the place was. And instead of changing the place, the place changed them, and they're standing in a place that they call barren, and another guy's going, this is an amazing place. God is in this place. God is in this place. And then they start using their words to describe the place. I'm talking about those disciples. I'm talking about those called. I'm talking about those committed people that start using their words to, do, oh, by the way, but, but one, more, one more scripture in James uh, 1.26. Look at it in the CEV version. He said uh, in James 1.26, he, he said, uh, can you go there? Can you, can you click it? He said, if you think you're being religious, but you can't control your tongue, if you can't control your tongue, then the thing that you think is your strength is useless. Why? Because you're allowing the place to shape you instead of using the power in you to change and shape the place. See, anybody can use their words to describe a place, but it takes somebody with some wisdom to use their words to change the place. That's why you got to speak the truth. I am healed. Well, I don't feel good. Oh, don't deceive yourself with facts contrary to the truth. He's trying to help you. Jump back to where we were in Matthew. Sorry to do this to you, but I just had to. Uh, he's prayed, and by this time, the, they're out at sea and many furlongs, and, and, and they're being beaten and tossed by the waves and the, and, and the waves against them. Isn't it funny? Anytime you go do what God's called you to do, it seems like something's against you. Hello, somebody. I thought this was going to be easy. I mean, I thought God said to do it. If God said to do it, I promise you a couple of things. One, opposition. And two, good people try to talk you out of it. Every time. The waves were against them. And in the fourth, night, fourth watch of the night, Jesus comes walking to them on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they're terrified. It's a ghost. And they screamed out with fright. But instantly he spoke to them saying, take courage. I am. Stop being afraid. And Peter said, well, if it's really you, ask me to come out there on the water. And in 29, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. And when, and when he perceived and felt the strong wind, he was frightened. And he began to sink and he cried out, the Lord save me from death. And instantly Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and held him saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Just, just got to hang on for a minute because here now we're in a stormy place. What we thought was the place of obedience. We received instruction. We followed the instruction. The storm comes up. We were in an obedient place, which has become a stormy place. And then we said, God, if it's really you, and he, he said something to us, and now it's become a challenging place. And we stepped out and we started walking, but then, we, we, you know what? We started sinking, and so we cried out because it became a very scary place. And Jesus gets him, and, and, and he walks him back to the boat. Isn't that amazing? He's, here's a guy walking on water, and he begins to sink, and he cries out, and bam, Jesus is there. And he gets him back to the boat, and he looks at him, oh, ye of little faith. Little faith? He's got out the boat. It's a storm going on out here. He's walking on the water. The word little there is not puny in stature. It's puny in duration. So, oh, you of the little short burst of faith. Why did you doubt? The word doubt is second thought. Why'd you, why'd you entertain that other thought? 
Why did you receive information contrary to the truth and allow this situation to begin to shape you because what's in you ought to be shaping the situation. See, it's not the place that changes the manner of man, but it's the manner of man that has the power to change the place. See, I don't know where you are. You might be in an empty place. You might be in a hard place. You might be you know, in a challenging place. But what God has put in you has the ability to shape the place you're at. You don't have to sink. You don't have to go hungry. You don't have to be beaten down. You don't have to be destroyed. But you do have to decide what you're going to call this place. I mean, you know, I'm out of time, so, so but just check it out. Just go to, you know, go to BibleGateway.com and enter the words called that place. And look at all the different verses that pop up. That things would occur, and they changed, the, they called the name of that place. They called the name of that place. You know, uh, God shows up, and we're supposed to be having a sacrifice, but instead, uh, God makes a provision, so they called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. See, a lot of you think that Jehovah Jireh, well, that's God's name. Well, it, it, okay, it's God's name, but it's actually the name of a place. They called the name. They, they, they called the name of that place, and they changed the names of places. And some of you guys are in situations today where, uh, where you know what you got to do. You got you got to get a backbone. You got to stand up, and you got to decide what I'm going to call this place. See, that marriage doesn't have to be broken. It can be a restored place. See, that business doesn't have to go under. It can be a prosperous place. That heart doesn't have to be shattered. It can be a revived place. That dream doesn't have to be out of reach because it can be an amazing place. See, that's why you have the ability to understand that every place you set the sole of your foot, he'll give you. Because even though you might not like the place you're at, you have the ability to shape the place you're at. You have the ability, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, man, he's at work in you. Isn't it kind of frustrating when you're in a raunchy place and you look over there and somebody's turned it into a party place? They're having the time of their life and you can't wait to get out of that place. They're all happy and cheerful and joyful, and you're thinking, this place sucks. All you got to do is change your perspective about the place and realize that greater is he who is in me than he who is in this place. So if I could get God in this place, then this would be a healing place, a peaceful place. A restored place, a renewed place. They changed the name of that place to Perez. They changed the name of that place and they called that place Perez. Perez is the word, it means breakthrough. See, uh, you can have a Perez. Perez, by the way, uh, first showed up as a twin. His, his twin was Zira, 
Perez was in the womb with his with his twin Zira, uh, and and uh, it was important to the midwife to know which child was born first because of the uh, you know the the way things operated in that day. The firstborn was going to rule and was going to reign, and everything that came after the firstborn was going to serve and honor the first, and and uh, uh, because that's just the way it worked. And so uh, the, one of the babies stuck their hand out of the womb and the midwife tied a scarlet thread on there and said, well, now we'll know which one was first because it's the one with the thread. And then that child withdrew its hand and Perez broke through and was born first, which is why they named him Perez because he's the child of breakthrough. See, and Zira, which by the way, Perez got everything. Zira got zero. And he, he, and he just had his hand out. See, a lot of us, we have our hand out, but we don't have a heart to break through. And, and we want something to be given to us, but we don't want to have to do nothing to get it. And uh, because we're the place that we found ourselves, we think someone should deliver us, but we don't even understand that the word deliver doesn't mean to be granted a gift. It means to be empowered to fight and win. So when God brings deliverance, he empowers you to go into the battle and demonstrate Satan's defeat. You have to have a spirit of pay res. you got to deal with that zero mentality. Can't have the handout mentality. He said you can't have the handout mentality. It ain't just about you, but it's about, the, it's about those that are going to follow you. Because Zira, you know, we've got Zero, had that handout mindset his whole life. And, and a few generations later, there's a dude by the name of Achan who comes onto the scene, and he's been given the promises of God, and he's walking in the place that belongs to God. But he takes God's stuff, hides it with his stuff, and he's given a, a season to repent. But, he, but, but even though he is convicted, he's not converted. And so the ground opens up and swallows him because he had a a handout mentality. He is the great, great, great grandson of Zira. So you're going to have to ask yourself, is this really a barren place? Or is this a breakthrough place? Is this a defeated place? Or is this a victorious place? Because the place doesn't determine it. But it's the man standing in the place that determines what the place is going to be called. See, you got to stop letting the place name you. Because I'm here today to tell you, you're not a coward. You got to stop letting the place name you. Because I'm going to tell you something. You, 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 you're not a failure. You got to stop letting the place name you. Because you, you know what? You, you're, just, you're just not that defective. And you got to rise up and you got to name the place. This is my place of breakthrough today. This is my place of victory today. This is, this, is where, this is where the future starts, right here and right now. And I don't care what the past looks like, feels like, smells like, tastes like. The future that God has for me is going to be a future of victory. It's going to be a future of prosperity. It's going to be a future of breakthrough. It's going to be a future of power and influence. And I'm naming this place Perez right here and right now. And there are people in the room, and we're going to pray together in just a minute, but there's people in the room, and what you need in your life right now is a breakthrough. But you have to determine, am I going to recline in the grass and wait for the called to hand it to me? Or am I going to rise up as a called one and let... Jesus put in my hand what looks like not enough. And am I going to use it 
to make this place a miraculous place. Because see, in order to feed 5,000, all you get is like a fish head. Oh, you, maybe you're on the other end. You, you get the tail. I'm always getting the tail end. Well, they fed 5,000 men plus women and children. No, it wasn't enough when they started, but that was a miraculous place that they called barren. Time to name your place. Have you got your hand out? Or do you, or, 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 or do you got your pay res on? You know, I know, this is probably awkward, especially for the crowd. But if you're here today and say, you know what I need? I need, I need? I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough in my relationships, or I need a breakthrough in my business, or I need a breakthrough in my emotions. I need a breakthrough in my body. I need a breakthrough in my finance. I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. What I want you to do right now with every eye open and every head up, I just want you to stand to your feet and say, yeah, I, I need a breakthrough. This, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to change the name of the place that I'm standing. The place I'm standing, this is not a place of barrenness, not a place of brokenness. This is not a place of defeat. This is not a place of failure. This is a place of breakthrough. This is a place of victory. This is a place of hope. This is a place of promise. This is a place, this is a place of abundance. This is a place. Come on, somebody. Now break through for just a minute. Come on, lift your voice. Shout. I'm taking my breakthrough. I call this place breakthrough in Jesus' name. Somebody shout breakthrough. breakthrough. My God. <laughs> oh, you have no idea what you're, what you're doing. Yeah, I said you have no idea what you're doing. You're having a moment of breakthrough today, and, and life is never, 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 never going to be the same again. I said it's never, never, never going to be the same again. And, and that's why you have the ability to, to, to remain filled with joy regardless of the test, regardless of the trial, because you know that this faith, this word that you receive from God is going to be tested because anytime you receive a word from God, there's going to be an opposition. But, 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 but just but let patience have its perfect work because you know that at the end you're going to be fully mature and you're not going to be defective in any way, shape, or form. You're not going to have any lack. And there's going to be moments that you don't know what to do, but you have the ability to ask of God and ask in faith without wavering, without being second-guessing. And, and, and you have the, the knowledge to know that, man, if, if, if I say anything, it's going to be what God said. It's going to be what God said because the manner of man I am is going to change the place I'm at. And I'm no longer going to let the place I am decide what manner of man I am. God, I just pray for these people that are standing on their feet today. I thank you that this is the place of breakthrough. That this is the place of promise. That this is the place of provision. That this is the place of healing. That this is the place of restoration. This is the place of revival. This is the place of renewal. This is the place, God, where you met us at this place. For your name is in this place. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for victory. Thank you, God. Come on, give him one more shout, one more praise. Just celebrate. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hey, just for a second, just, just be seated. Just for a second, just be seated. And, and, and if you don't mind, bow your head. And, and just out of respect, you know, there's people in the crowd that today it might be, that this should be the place of salvation. 
that this will be the place of renewal and rebirth. Jesus looked at a man that he cared very deeply for, but he said, you must be born again. It's not enough to attend a church service. It's not enough to give an offering, but you must be born again. And maybe this is the place of decision today where you say, you know what, uh, it's, it's time for me. It's time to, uh, for me to, to surrender my life to God and to give God control. And, 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 and I, I, I want Jesus to come into my life today. We're all going to pray this prayer together. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I'm making this the place of salvation. This is going to be my place of salvation today. Getting my life right with God. I'm tired of running from him. I'm going to run to him today. So I'm making this prayer my prayer. If that's you, while no one's looking around, just hold your hand up real high. I just want to agree with you. Thank 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 you. That's awesome. You can put them down again. Anybody else say, okay, man, today I'm not missing this day. This is going to be my place of salvation. It's awesome. I want you to pray this with me. Everybody in the room, say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, house, celebrate with heaven.